your hands together and celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Ah, he said praise the name of Jesus. Extend your hand and go tear your neighbor. Tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. You are looking sharp and nice. You are looking sharp and nice. Your Sunday best is your Sunday best. Oh, you are looking nice in your Sunday best. Glory, glory, glory to God. Amen. I said hallelujah. I said glory to God. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God? Is your hearts open? Is your mind alert? Are you telling God, Lord, speak to me this morning? Come on, are you saying, Lord, speak to you this morning? Today we are honored to have a friend of ours in the house, a close member of this church, the Triumph Church in the Diaspora. I've told you that we have one member in Djibouti. Eh? Uh, this member has come back. Uh, Pastor Shadrach comes all the way to bring us the word of God. He's a man I've worked with for a long, long time. He's a great friend of mine. And I want you to put your hands together as we bring the man of God to this place to come and share the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, sir. Amen. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Give it better to the King of Kings, to the Great I Am, the Ancient of Days. Somebody celebrate the Great I Am. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you all the adoration. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you and thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise and we give you all the glory. We give you Jehovah, 
Worship Him is the most you high God. Worship Him the most high God. Worship Him over Jehovah. Worship Him is our helper. The mighty one in battle is in our midst. Somebody worship Him. Open your heart and surrender to Him. we thank you. You are the most high God. Yes, you are the most high. We praise your holy name. We adore you and we exalt you. We is like unto you, O oh God. Oh, you are glorious. You are wonderful. You are fearful. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us here today. We give you all the adoration. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. You are the reigning majesty. You are the reigning majesty. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, 
I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you, Lord. You are the greater here. You are the ancient of days. Everlasting Father. I've never seen any God like you. Look at the works of your hands. They are mighty and excellent. They are glorious, O oh Lord. They are wonderful in our eyes. I've never seen any God like you. I've never, never, never seen the King of Kings. Ah. You parted the Red Sea, O oh Lord. You brought the Israelites from captivity. The Lord that maketh alive. You kill it and you make alive. You are the owner of life. Daddy, I worship you. Daddy, I worship you, Lord. I worship you. I worship you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God. Sing it with me. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like Jesus. I've never seen any God like you. Oh, I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. I've never seen any God like you. Thank you, Father. Receive all the praise. Receive all the glory. Father, we thank you. Speak to us again. Send us your word. For you sent your word and your word healed us. And rescued us from destruction. Send that word, O oh Lord. You peered again, Almighty Father, unto Samuel in Shiloh. Appear again unto us in this service, Almighty God. We thank you for the revelation you brought our way during the workers' meeting, the leaders' meeting. Father, let us have fresh encounters again with your word. Let your spirit move freely, Almighty God. Let your word have a free course, Almighty Father. Meet every one of us at the point of our needs, Almighty God. Holy Spirit, we surrender all unto you. You are our teacher. Move in our midst. Teach us and take us to the next levels. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and believed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and believed. Amen. Give God a shout of glory. A shout of victory. In Jesus' mighty name. Please, you can take your seats.
comfortably have your seats in Jesus' mighty name. Wow, what a glorious moment. What a great time. First and foremost, I want to give all the glory and thanks to our God in heaven for the great work that he's doing in this place. Father, receive all the glory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I also want to thank God for the privilege of being in your midst today after a long wait. Praise the Lord. But he said today, I will be found in the midst of you and we shall share fellowship and we give him all the praise. Is somebody happy? I also want to give God thanks to the great man of God, our pastor, our reverend, together with his dear wife, for allowing God to use them mightily upon this place. So we thank God for you, and we also congratulate you for every good work that we see. When you see things working, there is always somebody behind doing something. So we appreciate the hand of God, we appreciate the grace of God, and we also appreciate the efforts and the commitments you are putting in the name of our Lord Jesus. I also want to thank God for my great friend here. It's been a while. I give God all the glory for Pastor John and his dear wife. They are doing great work in this place to get standing together with the man of God and every pastor and every daughter of Zion standing with the pastors to push the work forward. May God bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We recognize you and we appreciate every effort that you are making. And you know, it is not in vain. Our Heavenly Father, who sees in the secret, is the only one that can reward us. We can say thank you. But God has better ways of giving or saying thank you. So you are blessed. The entire leadership, the youth, the service unit leaders, it takes working together for the work of God to go forward. We salute you, we appreciate you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And to very, very, very important person, that is you who is seated here for choosing to be here and for choosing to fellowship God upon this place. Give yourself a mighty hand clap in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the reason why God is moving in this place. Because God wants to make you better. God wants to bless you. And because you have chosen to be here, he will surely bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. How many were blessed with the choir? Put your hands together for choir for the great work they are doing. May the Lord continue blessing you in Jesus' mighty name. Receive greetings from my dear wife, Dorcas. She came before me. I thought we would come together. But unfortunately, my program has not been aligning very well with hers. So she sent her greetings together with our children that knows quite a number of the young team here. And they said, I pass their love to you. They are praying for you. 
and they know one day they shall come for a whole revival week in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Very quickly, I have a couple of minutes to share with us a word. And I thank God for the teaching we had in the morning because it has already finished my work. Mine is just going to say, as we were told in the morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I want us to look at a very interesting title. When pastor told me that if I'm coming, I'm going to share the word. I was asking God, what exactly should I share? And then a topic came into my heart when I saw Rev had made some poster there. And I looked at it and the word came. Riding on the waves of the end time. Riding on the waves of the end time. Without a doubt, we all know that we are in the seasons, the end time seasons. So quickly, we want to look at the biblical picture of what the main waves of the end times look like. Biblical pictures of this. And then we want to look at how believers can take advantage of these waves to benefit themselves and to benefit the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I will read two scriptures as we start. And I want to go into the details about the exposition. That one I leave to our pastor and my pastor. I will do the preaching today. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Arise, shine. Why? Just before that chapter, there was some kind of darkness, some trouble, some challenges. Then here, it starts by saying, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. Beloved, in the journey of life, it takes rising if you are to shine. But shining only comes when there is light. 
So every time you encounter light from the pages of the Bible, from the scripture, it is your time to arise and shine. But today I want to look at this scripture in the current reality, in the current context. We are in the last days characterized by certain waves. The first wave we can see that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to all the way to 5. 2 Timothy. There are waves that are moving in the end time. What kind of waves? Because these waves, they may represent the darkness and the light. And we'll see how we are to stand and ride on them. Second Timothy. And I will be starting from chapter 3, verses 1. It says... This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, Fears, despisers of those that are good. You can continue reading up to verse 8 there about. That is one wave that is moving in the end time. In the last days. In other words, we can say that in the last days, there is the wave of evil. The wave of wickedness that is rushing and spreading across the nations, the villages, the communities. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, it repeats, saying, there are the days of scoffers. Those that look at things, they despise them. They disdain them. Can we ride on such kind of wave? What can we do as saints with such kind of a wave? We shall look at that shortly. Number two. So that is wave number one. Number two wave is the wave of multitudes into the kingdom of God. The wave of multitudes into the kingdom of God. Let's borrow a picture in Isaiah chapter 2 and verses 2. Isaiah chapter 2 and verses 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and the nations shall flow unto it. 
we are in a season that multitudes are ordained to flow into the house of the Lord. In Acts of the Apostles, immediately the Holy Spirit came down. We see the move of the Spirit drafting multitudes in chapter 2, verses 41, 3,000. When they went into prayers, there were 120. When the Holy Spirit came on the Pentecost and moved in Acts 2, 41, 3,000 were added, multitudes. They were drafted into the house of God. As you move, in Acts chapter 5, five they were already driven to 5,000. In Acts chapter 6, say the word of God increased and there were increase in the multitudes of the people. Great increase. That's Acts 6 and verse 7. And in Acts 13, almost the whole city came to hear the word of God. And that is the characteristic of the last days because it says in the same Acts 2.17 that in the last days the Lord will pour his spirit upon all flesh. So the end time is characterized by the great move, great wave of the growth of the church of God. There will be naysayers. There will be mockers. There will be people that would want to limit you. But God has ordained the last days as the days of his glory. Praise the Lord. Number three wave is that in the last days we are having the days of distress. Days of pressure and frustration. You can call them the days of economic meltdown. In Micah chapter 4 verses 1 and 2, we are given a glimpse of what will happen. It says that the systems are going to burn like ovens. There's going to be heat. The economic system, the Wall Street, the economic theories cannot hold. The wisdom of man will be brought into utter end. Make a four verse one. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up unto the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his path. For the law shall go forth out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. 
Why are nations coming? Why are people, they say, let us go to the house of the Lord so that he can teach us his ways. It means that the ways of man, the ways of science have come to its Waterloo. A small virus, COVID-19, brought the whole world to a standstill. When by that time the world was saying they were now thinking of how to make a human being, then God allowed their folly to be seen. And the economies are yet to recover from the effect of that. In the last days, we are going to see economic meltdowns. Luke 21, 9 tells us of wars, tells us of pestilences. So there are days of distress. Days of distress. I'm painting this picture so that as a believer, you try to situate yourself in this. Praise the Lord. In Malachi 4, I think this is the scripture I was looking for. Verse 1. Say, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And the proud, yeah, all that do wickedly shall be stumbled. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that he shall leave them neither roots nor branch. That's how it looks like. So, we can categorize the waves into two. On part A, there are the outpouring of the Spirit of God that is moving with the growth and the expansion of the Church of Christ. And in part B, there is the wave of distress, the waves of frustration, the waves of depression going on. And then the Lord is telling us that we can ride on the end time waves. How? That's the question. How? How can I ride on this distress? I am part and parcel of the people alive. Will this catch up with me? Many people are trying to look at how to consolidate wealth. They are thinking that when I accumulate enough wealth, then I will be secured. I will be protected from the distress that are coming. But that cannot be true. Many are thinking that when I do, I go to school, I get my certificate, I get good work, I will be secured. But people just lost good jobs over the past two years. People are thinking that if I have chance to be corrupt, I will corrupt, I will lay hold. It's like the story that the Bible tells us, this guy that had a big harvest, and he looked and I said, my soul, now, relax, celebrate. And God said, my friend, tonight, you cannot hide from the waves that we are facing in the end time. But we can ride them. Praise the Lord. 
how do we ride these waves? God has prepared for us ways to use so that we can ride prosperously in the end time. And he reminds us that his ways are higher than our own. His ways are ways of glory. To know that God is prepared for you, in Jeremiah, we drew a picture there. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 say, I know the thoughts that I am thinking towards you. I know. God knows the thoughts that he's thinking. If this God was thinking about Jeremiah and the people, this God is thinking about you. And that you are alive now is not a surprise to God. Actually, he has kept you alive. And the reason he has kept you alive is that he created you with certain peculiar qualities, peculiar potentials that will be required for this end time life. You are a solution to part of the problems we are facing. That's why you must be alive. And that's why God is saying, I know the thoughts that I am thinking about you. They are thoughts of welfare. Thoughts to bring you to your expected end. They are not thoughts of frustration. They are not thoughts of shame and reproach. They are not thoughts of suffering. They are not thoughts of poverty. They are thoughts of good welfare. You shall enter into your rest in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the plan that God has for you and me will require five things. If we are to ride on the waves of end time, we need these five things. Number one is it will take our choice. It will take our choice. God is saying all things are available for you. All things. But it will take your choice to follow it, to get it. In Job 36 verse 11 say, If they shall obey and serve me. Choice. In the morning we were talking about the joy of servanthood. Let's look at what he says in that job. If they shall obey, the choice is left to us. The choice. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Irrespective of economic meltdown, irrespective of the economy of this country, Kenya, we shall live in Kenya in pleasure and in prosperity as if we are not Kenyans. And that is what will make people come and tell us, hey, let me go with you to the Triumph Church so that this God that you are serving can show me his ways so that I also, I can be like you. Because you will be exempted from the affliction that they are going through. Praise the Lord. But it takes a choice. It takes a choice. 
Number two, obedience. Obedience. It will take our obedience in terms of taking action. God has a plan. But the extent of our obedience will determine whether we walk into that plan and reap the benefits therein or whether we fail it. In John 2, verses 5, Mary speaking to those maids, whatever he tells you to do, please do it. Whatever he tells you to do. Mary had the understanding that Jesus had an access to what the father had prepared for the wedding. So this man has a key. Whatever he tells you, just do it. Don't question him. And when they obediently obeyed, shame was turned into glory. That's how God is going to turn every shame in your life into glory. I said that's how God is going to turn every shame in your life into glory. As you obey him, he's going to turn every stagnation into progress. He's going to turn your frustrations into celebrations. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience is key to maximizing the benefits of the Lord. Number three, our love. Our love for him. Our love for him and for his kingdom. Our love for him and for his kingdom. In second, first Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 9, a picture is given there of what you stand to get. You see, but as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. It does, beloved, we have read what Abraham handled. We have read what Solomon handled. We have seen what Jesus handled. We have read what Paul and the apostles handled. And we have seen them. They are great. They are marvelous. They are wonderful. But God is saying, if you love me, what I will do with you is what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what the heart of man has not conceived. That's why he said this, the least in our midst is greater than John the Baptist. And he said, John the Baptist, there is no son of, a man, son of a man that was like him. He needs your love to transform you into who you are created to be. Say, my son, give me your heart. I don't want your mind. I want your heart. Why? Where your heart is, that's where you will focus on. That's where you'll give attention. So, our choice, our obedience, our love. Number four, knowledge and revelation of him. Knowledge and revelation of him. Because the times are going to be perilous, they are going to be challenging. 
if you don't know God, people can confuse you. That's why Paul praying for the Ephesians, he said, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, may be open, that you may see and know. So that no one can tell you anything anyhow. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17, 18, and 20. That you may know. In Daniel 32, in Daniel 11 and verses 32, to those that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. The wind will come, they will not be moved. The arrows will come, they will not be moved. They know their God. They know where God took them from. They know where God has placed them. They know where God is taking them. They shall be strong. And they shall do exploits in the Lord. You shall be strong in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you shall be strong in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall do exploits in the name of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the power of his resurrection. What is the finished work? What are my rights in the Lord? What do I stand to gain as a Christian? Very important if you are to maximize the waves in the end time. And finally, number five is our faith in him. Our faith in him. Beloved, we need faith. In this end time, we need faith. Faith is the only thing that secures the hand of God. And it is the hand of God that moves the fulfillment of prophecies. The prophecies of God cannot be fulfilled in the human flesh and the human strength. It takes the spirit of God. And it is the faith that brings it. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you see, faith... Is what gives us a good report. Hebrews 11 and verses 2. The elders obtain good report by faith. By faith. So in the end time we need to receive good reports. But by faith. By faith. Now. We have seen we need our choice. Obedience. Love, knowledge and revelation, and our faith. But how do we ride this wave? Now that I have made up my choice, I'm making my choice on what? 
I am willing to obey. Ah, God, I have my faith. I have my faith. You know, Peter told Jesus, Jesus, you don't understand. I am with you. Anybody that tries, even if it is death, I am dying with you. Only to realize that he could not manage it in the human flesh. When they came, he disappeared. So we need something. How do we ride on this end time wave? The key to riding the end time wave is partnership with God. Partnership with God. All we need to ride gloriously in this end time is partnership with God. To partner with God means that we need to establish the interest of God in this end time. What is God interested in? What has God planned? And the interest of God in this end time, from the scriptures we have read, is that the church of Christ grows and expands. God is interested in promoting and advancing his kingdom. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? It is the basis for expanding and growing the kingdom of God. And when you partner with God in advancing his kingdom, our God is not wicked to forget your faithful service. Everything else will be happening, but God will have you in remembrance. Before I go into that, what is it that we call church growth or kingdom expansion or promotion? What is it that we call kingdom expansion, kingdom growth or kingdom advancement? It is popularizing the kingdom of God. So we partner with God to popularize his kingdom. To send the word of God across the nations of the world. To take the gospel of Christ into villages. It is to mobilize people into the kingdom of God. Mobilizing multitudes. Bringing them into the kingdom of God. It is to establish or build places of worship, churches for our God. God's agenda is that every corner people will have the opportunity to hear about the good news. 
And God is depending on you and me to do the mobilization, the popularization, and to do the establishment work. And as we do that, God will be committed to our things. I wrote here that the church of Christ is ordained for unending growth till Jesus comes back. That's why he says in Matthew 16 verse 18 that the gates of hell I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which means that church of Christ is ordained for growth and progress and ending growth and progress till Jesus comes or till everybody has been brought into the kingdom of God. No matter the wickedness of the devil, the light shineth in darkness and darkness comprehend it not. Now, Saints are ordained to drive the growth and the expansion of the church of Christ in partnership with God. He tells us in John 15, 16, I chose you. I chose you. To do what, God? Well, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I read my Bible when time permits me. So, Say, my friend, I chose you and I ordained you. I did not just leave it at choosing you. I chose you and I ordained you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Every Christian is on assignment. Every saint is on assignment, on kingdom promotion assignment, church growth assignment. I chose you, I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits. And when you bring them forth, that they should be established, they should abide. So you don't stop at going. You go, you bring, and you settle down with them until they are established. God, I went, I brought, is established. That's discipleship. John 4.44, no one comes to the Father except the Lord himself draws them. So we are in partnership with God. He's saying there are my people outside here. You see, the heartbeat of God is souls. 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 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't love the trees, the elephants. He loved the souls that were perishing. 
He paid the price. And now he's saying, partner with me, my son. Partner with me, my daughter. And everything that you desire, I will add it unto you. That's the key. Many Christians are struggling because they are missing it. When I was a young Christian, I thought that pastor and priest and bishops and the apostles were the only people to do soul winning and spread the gospel. And after that, I actually departed. I said, I don't have any work here. When pastor met me, I was some very rough fellow. I believed in politics with the whole of my life. That, that was the answer to humanity. I knew humanity was suffering. But my response was that if we make the system democratic, if we make the system people inclusive, if we make the system representative, then we are going to solve it. Man, I have learned the hard way. It is vanity. It is vanity. Since I got that there is a key to ride on the waves by partnering with God to expand his kingdom, ah, there is peace. There is satisfaction. There is tangible results when I see the people I met in the drinking den drunk calling me all manner of names. Some wanted to fight me. Today they are polished people serving God. There is satisfaction. That's why the Bible says that when one soul is saved, there is joy in heaven. Now you can imagine if you partner with God and you bring ten. If one, there is celebration. Ten, what will happen? A hundred, what will happen? A thousand, what will happen? That is what God is calling us to do with him in the end time. He said, nations shall flow in. But in Romans say, how will they know if they have not heard? How can they have faith on this thing that they don't know? So you, my son, my daughter, partner with me. Let us go. I will use you to speak my word. I will bring them. I will glorify them. And as a result of your labor, I will pay you. Every laborer is entitled to his or her wages. Our God is not a robber. And I stand before you as an example, as a testimony. I know him. I have tested a bit of him. He's not a robber. For the time you invest, he's not a robber. The resource you invest, he's not a robber. The talents and the skills you put in, he's not a robber. This God pays. Beloved God pays. We have been told outside there that there is nothing in Christianity. Settle down here. Partner with this man of God. Pass you right on this wave of church growth wave. See, just 90 days committedly. If this God I am talking about cannot change your story. Ah, when I come, tell me, Pastor, you lied. I will surrender. Tell him, God, you didn't teach me well. I can't present you. Praise the Lord. He's not a robber. 
We spend pursuing things. If you settle down with Matthew 6, from verses 19, invest wisely. Don't invest where the moths and the rust will come and corrupt all your investments. He say, invest in heaven. How? Through kingdom advancement endeavors. Through kingdom promotion. Which even the devil looks at you and says, now what, what can I do to this person? Because the service you render to God, he said the Lord will prepare your bed in your sick day. So even if nobody is praying for you, your service will be speaking for you. Hezekiah told God, ah, this is how you pay me? You sent Isaiah to tell me that I am dying? Ah, God, how I walked before you, how I served you. And God said, my son, you are true. 15 more years. You can't go wrong with partnering with him in serving him. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. As I was coming, the story of the widow. The prophet went. What do you have? What I have? I have some little hunger. Actually, you see this firewood. I just want to make something. I eat with my son. And then we wait to die. And the wicked prophet said, make for me fast. kind of wickedness. Make for you first? What about my child? But the woman, by obedience, she made, presented it. Everybody suffered luck. She didn't suffer it. This is the God that I'm presenting to you. The woman served the prophet partnered with God to save the prophet from hunger and the heavens were opened. Open. Joseph partnered with God. Say, okay. They have sent me. They have sold me. No problem. When an opportunity came, he said, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against my God? My people are not here to see me. I am just but a regular slave. But how can I do this thing? I am in partnership with somebody here. And from prison shh, to the palace. And Pharaoh said, hey, we don't have anybody here with the kind of wisdom that will do this work that you are telling us. Please, take the authority, do the work. He became a prime minister with a portfolio, not ceremonial. He left the king at a ceremonial thing. He became a prime minister with a portfolio. And with the wisdom that partnering with God connects you to sound wisdom of God. They never suffered lack. So what's about the end time? No matter the famine, no matter the wars, we are connected to the all-wise God, all-sufficient God. So our own shall not run dry. That's why the key is partner with him. Partner with him. Daniel partnered with God. 
serving three kings. Some overthrowing the other. But when they come, they try to go on their own, they realize it's not possible. Where is this man? Say, there is a man who worked with your father. There is a man who worked with so and so. They say, ah, the spirit of God is in you. 65 years in civil service. Productive, fruitful civil service. We will just hear the wave of perilous times. It will touch none of us if we partner with God. Praise the Lord. He said, No, I am with you always. I am with you. But when you go, you teach them and you disciple them. Praise. Lord Jesus. Let me round up. That was Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Lord, I am with you always. Mark 16, 15 to 20. Verse 20. They went as they were doing. God was with them, confirming. So you can imagine every time you are on mission for God, God is with you, confirming. God is with you. Now, will God be too wicked that you are healing his people? You are giving them hope. You are refreshing them. And then you, he abandons you to hunger, to frustration, nakedness, and all those things. He said, I know you need those things. But the key is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and this will be added to you. The problem is we have corrupted the principle. We have changed the law. We are told that God helps those that help themselves. It looks like a good phrase. Very learned phrase. My friend, you know God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. God says, no, my plan is seek me first and my righteousness. And these things you are running up, I will add them. Shelter is an addition. Food is an addition. Good vehicles, good he knows you need them. Say, I will add them to you. Just give me the right priority. Give me the right attention. I am not wicked. I know you need these things. I will give it to you. I keep on looking at Bishop David Oedepo. I wonder. This guy has almost all things. But still on a daily basis outside. Soul winning. Looking for souls. He knows the how to ride the end time wave. He secures the hand of God by going out. God is not respecter of persons. Just partner with him and you will receive your blessings manifold in Jesus' mighty name. You can say the land is dry. It was so with Isaac. He had prepared to run to Egypt. <laughs> Told him, my friend, don't go. Stay there. 
So he quickly came and organized. He said, ah, you tell me to stay here. What am I supposed to do? And Isaac planted. In the midst of famine, he planted faith. Faith. What are you planting? John 4, 36 says, hey, don't say four months. The harvest is ready. When we step outside here, do you see the harvest? They are ready. Some of them are waiting for you. One drunkard told one of our team members that nobody had talked to him about Jesus Christ for 20 years. And you know, they are drinking just behind the church. <laughs> nobody. That one is devil. How come many Christians that pass there they would talk to other people, but this person, nobody talked to him about God for 20 years. I told him, Bana, you almost joined the guy at the pool of Bethesda. <laughs> he did 38. <laughs> you had your own 20. <laughs> but currently, he's thriving in the kingdom of God, doing exploits. Let's go out and sow seeds. Now, very quickly, let's look at what are we, which areas are we to serve or partner with God in? Because people would ask me, but pastor, what do I do? I come to church, I am living good, I'm living righteous, what else? Now, for the multitudes to flow in the house of God, prayer is a requirement. So you can partner with God on the altar of prayer. Praying what we call kingdom advancement prayers. Praying for the growth and the expansion of church. Because he gave us a picture that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Which means there's a contention. There's a contention. And as we lift up our voice, oh Lord, we take authority over the land of hunters. And we come against all altars, blinding the minds of the people not to see the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you go out, you will meet somebody. For once, he or she has not been greeting you, they will greet you. And then tell them, please join us to church. Say, ah, this is your church. Pastor knows where Winners Chapel Nakuru is. Those people in the garage, one day were talking to them. They didn't know the church is there. If somebody asked them at the gate, where is Winners Chapel International? They don't know. And then you pass them entering. So I was, okay, to you, where do you think we are going? Which church is that one which is inside there? If you don't know the So when you rise up on the altar of prayer, you destroy the blindfolding forces that blind the mind of men not to accept, not to access the light of the gospel. It takes you praying. I am very sure that the prayers of pastor brought me to the kingdom. I wasn't going to church. And many other people prayed. And my eyes opened. No. I may not be drinking. I may not be humanizing. But 
Where is my destiny when I end now? That brought me back to life. Then as if God wanted to prove to me, I lost my firstborn. Born, healthy, alive, but lived for one hour. I never saw him alive. And I realized, life is not fanfare. Life is warfare. Many believers live thinking that life is a fanfare. No! We have the fun, but we operate with the mentality of we are engaged in a war. We are always engaged. We want to expand our territory. If you don't keep your light on, if you don't keep your fire on, ah, the wild beast will come in. Because when you are hot spiritually, you clear your environment. As you keep getting colder, they are coming to check. Is this person asleep? Is this person asleep? Then they get hold of you. That shall not be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. Praying for the salvation of souls. Oh Lord, we claim the souls ordained for the kingdom in this land, in this season. You can pray people in. I do more of prayer evangelism nowadays. Because while I am in Djibouti, we are not allowed to speak to Djibitians about Jesus Christ. So what do you do? Raise an altar of prayer. Lord, drive them. And you suddenly, somebody comes, hey, hey, please pray for me. You pray for them. Nobody can accuse you. You didn't go to bring them. They came themselves. So you can pray multitudes into this house. So that they are rescued. You know, when you pray for souls, you are not praying to fill the church. You are praying to rescue people from destruction. Because this is what God has ordained this church to do in this area. It is a preservation center. There are people that are tormented. They are troubled. They need rest. So you pray them in. And when they encounter Jesus Christ, he takes off their burden and they get rest. And as you pray for them, the seeds you sow, you become the first partaker. Praise the Lord. Praying for the word of God to come forth with power. There are some places you go, you are preaching and everybody's asleep. But if the fire has been raised, the altar, the word is coming sharp and clear. The hearts of people is open to receive the word. It is not the work of the pastors and the leaders alone to pray. Lord, send us your word. The right word. The word in season. The word that will meet the needs of thy people. You know, even right now, the words that I'm speaking to you, the words you are hearing could be tailored to your need by the Holy Spirit. The revelation you get out of it will be to satisfy your own need based on the prayer that had already been prayed. So you partner with God on the altar of prayer, praying for his word. Praying for God to intervene in the lives of the saints. We must learn to pray for ourselves as Christians. 
as we pray for our needs, you pray for this sister, you pray for that brother, you pray for that elder, God moves in. And within our midst, we are released from the strategies and afflictions of the devil. When last did you pray for your fellow believer? Praise the Lord. They are those that started with us. Somehow, they have dropped off. Not that they have gone to another church. They are just staying at home. You pray for them. Because the enemy is clever. He wants to get them out of the fire. Then deal with them. Have you seen lions when they are attacking the hearts? They want them to scatter. Then they focus on one. That's how the enemy also does with the Christians. But when we raise the altar of prayer, even those of us that dropped off, suddenly they get revived and they return with joy and gladness. Some say, how will I come back? How will people see me? That's the lie of the devil. Arrest it on the prayer altar. They will come back smiling and rejoicing and you welcome them back in Jesus' name. Which other area? In the area of giving. Partner with God in the area of giving. I know many Christians don't like this because of how it has been taught. But there are financial giving. There are time. You can give in terms of your time. You can give in terms of your talents. You can give in terms of your finances. When you leave your assignment and you come here to pray for the service, to pray for the members, to pray for the salvation of souls, that one is an investment. You are giving. It's a giving. When you see something is missing in this auditorium and you sow a seed towards it, you are not helping church. The church belongs to God. It belongs to God. We have been taught and I've come to believe it. You see, you cannot outgive God. And you cannot be a sponsor to God. The earth and the fullness thereof belongs. So out of what he has given us, we say, no, I partner with you, God, to make sure that your house goes to the level that it's supposed to be. Just the way you do it with your parents. They brought you up. But you come back to them with gifts. You minister to their needs. So, you want to flourish. Don't be casual about the work of God. Evangelism requires printing of handbills, newsletters. They cost money. You can't speak in tongues and then you get them. They already printed the Triumph Church. Saving souls. Man, that one you have to go to your pocket. If you don't have somebody with the skills to design it here, you must go and pay somebody to design it. And then you trust God or you pay the city council, the stamp, so that when you are giving, you are not harassed. It takes resources. But 
the good news is, everything you invest in God, God returns it back to you in multiple dimensions. Praise the Lord. What are the benefits of partnering with God? One is peace. When you partner with God, you secure peace. There is nothing that can confront God that God can't defeat. Peace. Peace. Number two, benefit that you get when you partner with God are breakthroughs. Breakthroughs. God has a, a way of giving us favor. You know, the the doors or the blessings or the rewards he gives you will not come from heaven. Shh. Uh -uh. He will just use the system here in this life to reward you for the pain and for what you have invested. So you enjoy supernatural breakthroughs. You enjoy supernatural breakthroughs. The other benefit is you enjoy protection and preservation. Protection and preservation. You can read and meditate on Exodus 23, 25 to 26. What must you do to ride on this wave, you can't ride on the end time wave except you are born again. No pupil goes to school and fails to register for exams and comes out with a certificate. The teachers will clap for you for playing the, the ball, but only those that register are known as students there. You want to partner with God, you must give your life to Christ and remain so. I have heard some gospel that once saved, forever saved. I will keep that one for another day. Be born again and remain so. Let nobody cheat you because otherwise there will be no judgment. Number two, make a choice and a commitment to partner with God. Trials will come, but be steadfast. Stay with God. Be committed. You know, anything that you don't put as a matter of priority, you can never go far with it. If it is, ah, when I have time, I'll go. If I don't have time... I was telling God, God, you know, I need to go to the Triumph Church and every time I plan things are not, then I got a very interesting answer. Say, I am not involved. It is you. I am not involved. Don't use me. It is you. When you organize yourself, the way you sacrifice to go to places, you can sacrifice to God there. I was telling Rev, my ticket, by now I should be in Djibouti. 
Don't they please change? Because that is how I've been doing. Oh, Reva will come. Then they bring me one ticket. Say, so, ah, you know they have sent me a ticket, so I will come next time. Say, God, I need this time. Say, I am not involved. It is you. And when I change my thinking a bit, here I am. There are many things we think it is God that is involved. But we have not taken the right initiative. We have not driven ourselves. When I started pushing myself, my wife could not come and say, okay, even if you went alone, I'll also go alone. Now we will come together. But I would have said, let me push it. I know when they close in December, all of us will be free. We are going to come and camp. Then December, something else will take place and be committed. Be committed. And number three is have a stakeholder mentality. Have a stakeholder mentality. We are co-workers with Christ. Any faith that makes God responsible for everything is not proper. God has his part. Man has his part. So, have a stakeholder mentality. I have come to this church. God has appointed me to be a member here. I will be full partaker. I will be engaged in every business. I am a Christian. I will be involved in all things pertaining to Christianity. A stakeholder. That's what made Paul say, as for me, Paul, if I die, it's okay. But I think it is important for me to live. Paul said, the life I am living is not my own. It's Jesus living through me. I have a mentality. Say, if I preach woo unto me, if I preach not woo unto me, I must preach this gospel. You too can have a mentality and say, I must partner with God every week. I must invite somebody, whether they come or not, but I must speak to one person about Jesus Christ and tell them to come and sit under the teachings that I hear in Triumph Church. And I trust God that by that word, they will follow me. And then give God thanks. You will see them coming. There are people I invited in 2015. One day, one was looking for me in church. Myself, I'm in Djibouti. Seven years. Seven years. Then somebody appeared. Seeds don't get lost. So have a stakeholder mentality. You are not doing this for the pastor. You are not doing this for the leaders here. No, it is God's plan that we rescue them. You can't talk to him or her about Christ and leave them outside there. The enemy will come and destroy them. No man ever harvests and leaves the harvest unattended to. The birds of the air will take, will eat it. So you bring them to the storehouse for preservation. For them to hear the word of God and be transformed. That is why we invite people. You don't need to preach to them. Just invite. Come and see what God is doing in our church. Come and hear the word that we are hearing in our church. This word has built me. 
this word has helped me this way. Just share your testimony for the preaching the pastors will do when they are here. You bring them, then the pastors and the Holy Spirit will take over. Praise the Lord. Jump on your feet. Lift up your voice. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. If you have heard something on how to write on the end time waves, Father, we thank you. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you all adoration. Just lift up your voice and give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, receive all the praise, O King of glory. For the word you've sent us, Almighty God, let that word continue to grow in our hearts. Give us grace to be doers. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have prayed and believed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't want to take it for granted that all of us, we are here, we are born again, and we love the Lord. But adventure you are here, and you are yet to be born again. The only way to ride prosperously in this end time is to be in partnership with him. I would like to give you an opportunity to surrender unto the Lord. Just place your hand on your chest, wherever you are, then we'll pray, and then pastor will attend to you. Anybody that is here, that is yet to surrender their life to Christ, and maybe you are here, and for one reason or the other, you had backslidden. It happens. But God is saying, return to me, my son, return to me, my daughter. God does not condemn us, but when we come back, repenting, he receives us back. You can also just put your hand on your chest so that we pray together in the name of our Lord Jesus. Anybody that is here, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for every loved one here. Lord, I declare them blessed. They have heard your word as they partner with you. Let your blessings come upon them. In their going out and they are coming in, let them be blessed. Let your glory, let your favor rest upon them in Jesus' mighty name. Anyone that is struggling with any matter, I pray for divine intervention. The sick be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Anybody seeking direction, receive direction in the name of Jesus Christ. Any door that is closed against anyone, I command the door opened in Jesus' mighty name. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Put your hands together as we welcome God's servant back. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate the Lord one more time. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. You may be seated in God's presence. Thank you so much, Pastor Shadrach, for that wonderful, timely word, a word in season for each and every one of us. Amen. I want you to give, I want to give